Today's episode is made possible by Gallery 101, a remarkable art gallery nestled in the heart of Basalt, Colorado. Gallery 101 is co-owned by the talented twin artists Ingrid D. Magidson and Sybil Hill Carter, who together form a dynamic and influenced female force in the art world. Their extraordinary artwork has graced galleries across the nation. To explore their captivating creations and learn more about Ingrid and Sybil's artistic journey, visit their website at www.gallery101basalt.com. Again, that's www.gallery101basalt.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hi, Bella. Hi, Irina. Welcome back to Moments That Define Us. We are recording today at the original spot, which is Isabella's house. And uh, it's very Halloween-like here. There's skeletons. Um, not real, though. There's no dead people here. And she put flowers everywhere and leaves. And the house just has really good energy. And I and I like it. This is, I need this today. So it's... Uh, it's good stuff. We can all hold a kitten too. Um, n- no, thank you. <laughs> Isabella still has her three cats, kittens, little kittens that she fosters. But uh, I have nothing against them. It's just I'm kind of wearing all black, and I don't want the hair on me. Is that cool? Sure, whatever. It's fine. Okay. Um, but I love you. Can I tell you something? I was driving here today, so today is. Well, today's Thursday, so I was, no, Tuesday. I don't know. It's the it's the weekday. So I was driving here today, and the weather was just like, it's this, like, really fall outside. You know, it was raining the whole time I was driving. And then as I got to Lakewood, the leaves kind of start. It was it started getting a little windy, and the leaves were, like, kind of up in the air. And then, like, the wind would blow, and the leaves would fall. It was just, I don't know, it was kind of magical outside. And I just, and this, like gratitude came over me we love a grateful bitch <laughs> just kidding <laughs> and this is why me and isabella work right Can so that be our slogan be kind to yourself bitch um sure i don't know we can finish every episode with thanks so much be kind to yourself bitch no I well maybe just be kind to yourself and lose the bitch I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind that word. So I don't know. We'll think about it. But I I like the part to be kind to yourself. Because a lot of the times we think about we have to be kind to other people. And that still stands, right? You have to be kind to other people. But we also have to be kind to ourselves and take care of ourselves before we take care of anybody else. Okay, Bella, I think you should um, introduce a guest today. I am so excited. He's one of my friends. I know we interview a lot of each other's friends, but... It doesn't matter, right? Because they are, they are humans, and they have stories, and... And they are some cool people, and we wouldn't be friends with losers. Not that anybody's a loser. We have a super cool, fabulous rock star guy. His name is Matt Von Sprecken, and he is just fitness guru, nutrition god, and he creates programs online programs which is even better for people all over the world he is a fitness guru and and all of that that isabella said but today we're not only talking about workout and gym and diet he's going to tell us about his 
personal story, his defining moments. Um, like Bella said, at the end, it's going to be fun and embarrassing. But there's going to be some really hard moments that he's going to share with us and actually how gym and working out help him get out of some of the hard stuff. Welcome to our podcast, Matthew Aaron Wants One Sprecken, the owner of Matt VS Training LLC. Thank you for being here, Matt. We know you would rather probably be at the gym, but that might be just our assumption. Uh, in some cases, I would rather be at the gym. In this case, I'm okay being here. <laughs> it seems like a good place to be. Oh, so shucks. Shucks. <laughs> That's so nice. We feel very special. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to Matt about his defining moments uh, growing up, how he started his business, and how gym and working out help him, in a way, get out of some really hard situations that um, life-changing events, I should say, that happen in his life. Um, so Matt, why don't you start with just telling us, um, were you always into sports growing up? Yeah, I was into <clears throat> sports at a really young age. And fortunately, I had um, my dad, who was basically supportive of whatever sport I wanted to play, whatever I wanted to do. Uh, as long as I just went 100% and did it, he was fine with it. I could have done one of a million things and he just, as long as I put full effort into it, he would have been happy with it. So it was something that I definitely got into at a young age and I was very competitive naturally. Um, just like my dad, uh, going around, being around the two of us. I don't think you've ever met my dad either, but being around me and my dad at the same time is a, is a horoscope for anyone else because we're both just jabbing at each other constantly trying to be better than the other person. <laughs> That's nice. But I got into sports at a young age and I kind of am a, um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in terms of, you know, I like physical competition and I like the, the mental grind of having to do things and physically exert yourself and then go back and do it all again. So definitely. So can we can we do some push-up competition today? <laughs> yes. Yes, at the end. Oh my God, yeah. Do. All right, let's do it at the end. You're going to kick your ass. So when was your first time in the gym? I'd say I started doing anything training related because um, of high school sports around that time when you get into it and they kind of force you to do it because it's a point where you're like it is a sport, but it, it reaches a point where it's dangerous to an extent if you're not, you know, big enough and you don't actually have enough muscle mass to protect your body. Mm -hmm. um, so I got into it around high school and that was just kind of mandatory for sports and things like that. But as time went on, I would say after college was when I got into the type of, you know, bodybuilding and training the way that I do right now, which is way different than an athlete or someone who's going to, you know, you're playing football and basketball and you're running and jumping and a lot of things is much different than training for appearance or aesthetic appeal or anything like that. So I would say, you know, probably 15. So you mentioned that you, um, you play sport, your dad was very supportive of you. Uh, did you play basketball? Were you like on a team yeah. or was it just more because at school and you kind of had to do it? No, I was, so I started out, I did soccer, um, like most kids do when you're really young. I was really, really good at soccer and then I just decided I didn't want to play soccer anymore. So eventually I switched over to, uh, football and football I liked, but I was really undersized at the time to play football. So it took a long time of, um, 
transitioning between those two sports because one of them is like a, there's contact sports mm-hmm. you know like uh, soccer is a contact sport basketball is a contact sport but then there's the collision sports that are kind of like hockey where you're literally barreling into people and football mm-hmm. where you're you know running head first at someone else full speed and then getting hit so those are two very different sports and that was um yeah when i switched over to football it became pretty apparent that you're gonna have to put on a little bit of size otherwise this was not going to be a game that you were going to be able to play and that even took me a long time to get to i was really good skill wise mm-hmm. at, uh, football and things like that but i was nowhere near big enough um, when it came time to you know get recruited or try to go to colleges to play that way i was nowhere near big enough to be able to do that i think skill wise i could have competed with a lot of those people but size wise i was not at all ready for that because i was when i was 18 my senior year of high school i think i was 135 pounds okay which is i'm about 210 now give or take when I walk around, but at the time, I mean, that was, I was about the same height I am now, which is just barely over six feet and I was 135 pounds. So that's, it's as much as I weigh. So did you end up working out, like getting really into bodybuilding because of football? Did it like make you, I don't know, was there ever like a moment where you're like, ugh, like I, I don't know, was there any bullying or anything that made you feel small? I would say there was maybe when I was like elementary school in the middle school a little bit, it was never anything crazy, but it was definitely at a much younger age, like middle school, maybe very beginning of high school and elementary school. Yeah. There was like bullying to a certain extent. It was never anything crazy, but, um, it's still awful. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's it's not like what you see, you know, what you see in dramatic movies where you're like getting your underwear pulled above your head or anything like that. But there were definitely things, you know, I had a lot of comments and things sent my way. But um, no, and then when I got done, when I wasn't playing sports anymore, when you get to a, a level, you know, in in high school, even playing football or something that's really demanding. So it's taking you know multiple hours, and you're practicing for three hours a day when you get done. And you're getting up at five in the morning and getting to school, you know, an hour and a half before school starts and you're for three hours. So I just kind of filled that time with something else that's physically exerting. So to me, the next thing I like, you know, physical competition and I like that pushing that physical and mental barrier of it being like a a physical activity and being able to mentally make yourself go a little bit longer. Um, So for me, the natural step was to just kind of go to the gym. It just became something that I fell in love with progressing in. That's like with anything that I've done is just kind of I thrive when I put myself in positions where I can progress exponentially. And I love that because like I've done, I've been to the gym when I was really underweight. I've been to the gym now mm-hmm. in a much different situation. I've been to the gym when I was in college, when I didn't have anything. And I've been, it's like, it demands the same thing out of you. Yeah. No matter if you're, you know, rich, poor, um, any walk of life so i've always enjoyed that aspect of it for sure it was uh you know it doesn't care what's going on outside of <laughs> of anything other than what you have to do right now and i've always enjoyed that aspect of it are you talking about like because you said it all demands the same out of you just the discipline right yeah absolutely discipline yep. okay yeah. um Okay, so uh, at the beginning you mentioned you are as competitive as your dad. Do you have any brothers or sisters and were they also into into sports and, and kind of like what you're doing now? Yeah, so when I was younger, uh, it was always interesting the contrast between my brother and I, who's no longer with us, but my brother and I got along really, really well growing up, despite the fact that we, like, personality-wise, were like he was hilarious he was the he was a class clown like hilarious guy but i was 
hyper competitive like my dad what my dad is hyper competitive i'm absolutely hyper competitive um but there was a, a funny example too like we would go to these places in virginia i think it was called Swaters because i lived out in virginia until i was 12 and then i moved here mm-hmm. the year the packers won the super bowl i think was the year it's like good i don't know <laughs> sure. um go packers yeah, i know but it, it's, that's the only I, my first day of school was the day after the packers won the super bowl and one of my teachers asked and he was like who won this super bowl yesterday and i was like i know an answer to this question because i was like two weeks behind on school um <laughs> but we would go to these places that are kind of like a, a mini amusement parks where they do like, you know, mini golf and um, golf cart or go-karts and things along those lines and like all those games. And we would go and like in the front would be me and my dad and the guy, the poor attendant that would work those things. Like my dad and I would be up there like bumping and doing all this shit that you're not <laughs> supposed to do at all. And we'd be up there and he'd be like, hey, you guys relax. And then you'd like look behind us and my brother would be there like with an arm out the go-kart and like a leg up, <laughs> just like Sunday driving. So that was kind of the compa- like I think that's a good like contrast of the personalities there was I definitely got the over like hyper competitive thing from my dad and my brother was much more relaxed and you know laid back but still still competitive I'm also hypersensitive to a certain level to mm-hmm. where like I I take things personal a lot of the time in a good way and I think I use it to motivate me and a lot of times I think I deal with things personally that probably aren't meant to be personal yeah and like i i fixate on it and i just go and go and go and then i probably end up making out something out of it that isn't really there i so, can i can relate to that yeah. yeah and you know it's sports and the gym and all these things were all just an outlet for me to keep climbing that staircase a little bit so yeah and um you know we're gonna put um matt's um instagram on on our show notes but it's you, are you, I can tell that you're very disciplined, right? Because there's there there's something every day that you put out there that you show that how, and I think that's what you need to do, not just with with gym, but specifically with with working out and getting results. You know, just be disciplined and and consistent. Because I don't know, I'm sure you you see that it's nowadays people like oh lose weight in you know 10 days lose 27 pounds you know so i really i really like how how consistent you are with everything um but i want to talk a little bit more about your family so you your brother your dad so was it just the two of you just you and your brother or there other siblings no so it was just uh me and my brother i was born on august 26 97 he was born on march 2nd 96 um, and we grew up, we were born in Arizona, mm-hmm. in Chanway, Arizona. And then we moved out to Virginia, early 2000s, very, very early 2000s. I want to say like 2001. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, it was just me and my brother and my dad, um, from, for the, the overwhelming majority of my life, it was just me and my brother and my dad Yeah. didn't have much of a relationship with my mom beyond mm-hmm. like it's uh, since I was 10, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and yeah so i was raised in a household of men if you couldn't tell (laughs) um so you said that you grew up in a household of men and mom wasn't really in the picture since you said you were about 10 right yeah in any capacity since i was 10 and then my parents went through a divorce for a couple years and there was kind of a going back and forth with custody type thing and going through that whole situation so but i mean yeah i haven't had any sustained uh, relationship or really contact with her in I'd say three-fourths of my life for sure definitely so. and how do you think that affected you not having 
not having relationship with your mom and not and growing up in um, just male household? I think there's two ways I can answer that. I think the first one I'll give you is kind of this, I would say in the family sense, I think just in terms of like what I missed out on growing up, I don't think I missed out on anything because my mom wasn't in the household. And I'll say that's because my dad did a fantastic like job of covering both bases. Mm -hmm. You know, like he he had the left and the right side both covered. Like we had, um, he would tell the story to this day. We would go when we were younger, when it was Mother's and Father's Day, when you were in school and everything like that, they would have, you know, on Father's Day, you make this. And on Mother's Day, you make this for someone. And on Mother's Day, I think my brother made my dad like a card that said like, Dad, you're the best mom ever type oh. thing, which is really adorable. Um, but from that aspect in terms of like, you know, missing out on some avenue of, you know, did I did I get enough emotional support or something along those lines? Because I didn't my mom. I never had any issue with that. I mm. definitely, you know, I had my dad who just retired like three weeks ago and currently is in the Philippines, which is awesome. I've never met anyone who deserves it more mm-hmm. um, and who I owe more to individually. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say from a family aspect, I know I, and I never once grew up thinking like, Oh man, you know, I just have my dad and like, mm-hmm. look at my friends who have both their parents. I never, I never had that directly. I can't a hundred percent say the same for my brother. I don't know exactly how mm-hmm. he felt about it, but I can say from my perspective, I definitely felt like I was fully, I felt like I was getting the whole bowl filled for sure. Yeah. Definitely with that. I will say, and the other avenue, um, maybe being, <laughs> being raised in a household of men, maybe desensitized me to like overly manly, uh, you know, broy, masculine behaviors and things like that. Cause like, I, I won't say specifically, but there's certain things that you just don't do. <laughs> with, like with all your male friends, like you guys, when you're hanging around all women, there's probably things that you'll say and do and act that you might not act if you were in a 50, 50 household. So, yeah. you know, without going too aggressively into detail, <laughs> I'll say that, you know, being it's having three men in a house and one of them, you know, my brother and I were close enough in age to where like there wasn't we were a year and a half apart. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't we weren't twins, but we also like our friends could be friends and we could hang out and do things. And, and it wasn't to a level of say, you know, I was he was 18 and I was 10. You know, I was I was 16 and 17 when he was 18. Yeah. So it wasn't like there was some crazy gap and we definitely got to grow up. Um very close and getting to do a lot of the same things but definitely I'd, I'd say you know and I noticed to this day I have certain behaviors that I probably um find hard to break and there's certain times where I maybe with certain things that are more feminine and certainly with um issues in relationships that I've had and anything to that extent mm-hmm. will I say that you know that's because I was raised a certain way no because I have my own character flaws now that are just as a result of me and who I am as a person <laughs> and I can own up to those but also yeah I guess if I look back I could be like huh I wonder what kind of got me to this point to begin with despite what I've done to manifest any of that from that point on I could say maybe that had to do with the fact that I was raised in a household of <laughs> you know, men that do, <laughs> that do things around each other that, you know, maybe if you had a different figure in your life, we wouldn't hundred percent do. Probably. But also, I mean, <laughs> you had a good life. Like, yeah, I, I'm right Absolutely. No, <laughs> I'm sure. And also shout out to all the, you know, dads out there who's doing an amazing job raising their kids. I think sometimes dad don't get as much 
credit as they should because there are amazing dads out there and um Matt, it's just amazing how wonderfully you talk about your dad and and what a great job he did for you and your brother. Um, I know, like, I, I know there is a story to where you, when you guys were little, he won a custody over you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting story because a lot of the times women, a lot of the times mom in most of the cases right even if mom is not the best they win they win those cases so uh can you talk a little bit about that how did how did that happen yeah so when you go through a long divorce um i'm sure i don't know what the situation is but there is your mom's attorney your dad's attorney and they're all trying to deal with who gets what and how are we going to do this whole thing and the whole nine yards um and I guess when it gets really bad, you get what's called a guardian at litem. Mm-hmm. Guardian at litem essentially is assigned to be like the attorney for the kids. So their whole job is to look around and say, okay, I'm, I'm not biased to, I think I'm the mom's attorney, I'm the dad's attorney. Their job is just to say um, what's best for the kids. So I think, you know, this is the healthiest for them. This is the healthiest. And they went back and forth for a while. Um, and eventually... The, the guardian ad had said that she had never in her history of working cases, this was in Virginia at the time, she had never been in a situation where she was going to recommend that a mother doesn't have any contact with her kids. And that was the final straw. I think around, I want to say I was, you know, close to 10, probably, probably nine would be my guess. I don't know the exact age because that whole, mm-hmm. that whole period was, was pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, and it, it was a it was a situation where they they asked us and they consulted us because we were old enough to you know we weren't three or four we were getting closer to nine and ten and things around that age so they got to the point where they would consult us and ask us what do we think is good and then we had to go into uh, like a a bunch of different um, court certified places to get you know hey do you guys want to go to therapists and we would go to therapists and basically what the therapist would do is interview us mm-hmm. because our mom it's to this day i still don't Therapy's not my individual thing it's okay. not because i have any issue sharing things yeah obviously but because in my experience going to therapy it was because my mom was trying to drag us to like 50 different therapists and when one of us when when they couldn't get us to say what she wanted us to say, she would take us to a different one. Oh, like this one, one doesn't work. Because, Absolutely, okay. yeah. And it was a it was a carousel of going back and forth between yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. So individually for me, I definitely have a bias towards going to actual professional therapists or anything like that. Mm. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a really really good group of close friends that I have, you know, and Spencer and all these people that I've met over the course of the last you know decade, mm-hmm. even that I'm very comfortable with talking to these things about and that's why I don't have issues um sharing or talking about you know emotions or feelings or anything like that but also individually I was never big on therapy and that was definitely because of the experience I had with it as a kid because that was the what happened to you but you know opening up it doesn't you know like you said doesn't work for you with a with a therapist with a professional but a lot of the times is just opening up to somebody, you know, even just like, you know, today I had a kind of a crazy day and I think I talked to Isabella three times today, right? And and we kind of talked through things and sometimes it doesn't have to be a professional. It just have to be a, a good friend that is open to listen and not necessarily give you advice, but just open to listen because sometimes all we need is just to, you know, to open up. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so then the 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 lady the the what was the one that uh, was guardian of item so then she said never in her work she recommended a dad took the kids versus the mom yeah like fully mom has no custody dad has complete custody of and for a while we did that when they're in the middle of doing that whole battle you kind of go back and forth between your it's the you know I, I get three days and you get three days or i get them on the weekends type thing like that and we went back and forth through that for a while um, and then eventually when they finally got to the end of it, it was, uh, it was decided that like, we should not be, you know, we shouldn't be seeing her at all. Like my dad, our, I'll never forget. We had, um, our dad would have to drive us over and drop us off. Mm-hmm. Like when that would happen, like knowing, knowing the truth of what was happening and having evidence of the truth of what was happening, but the court hadn't decided on it yet. So we still had to do that. He would drive us over and my dad would like pick me up and I literally would say like, like, don't let me go. Don't make me go over there. Like, don't make me do all this stuff. And he would he would have to drive away, and he would tell me he would call his uh, his dad, my grandpa, and he would be like, he would just have to call him every time that we would go away because he was like he was going to lose his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually that finally ended up getting resolved, so that was good. But it was, it was definitely an interesting time in my life. I actually liked Virginia a lot, the state as a whole, but I haven't been back since all that happened because like i have a lot of good memories there but also to me that place will always be a part of my life that i haven't revisited a lot Mm -hmm. i guess physically i haven't revisited that spot so it's interesting to think um you know it's also on the other side of the country but i just haven't been back since since we left in you know a decade ago a decade plus ago so but oh that's um thanks for opening up about that i know it's um probably not easy but um i appreciate you you talking about that no. um so you and your brother how was how was the relationship with him you guys i think it's so cool that you are so close in age because i think kids uh you know they get so close when they um when they grow up so close in age yeah yeah i uh yeah my brother was my brother was awesome he was the whatever you imagine having an awesome older brother as being like and like a year and a half is a perfect age because mm. i was you know and i think there were times where he definitely seemed like you know he would he would mess up and then my dad would always remind him he's like nope you're just you got to show him the way to do it so he doesn't make the same you know decisions and do some things that um i remember <laughs> i just fast forward way into the story but he got a he got a big speeding ticket when we were in high school and I remember he was so bummed out. And then I think a year and a half later, I got a speeding ticket. Like a, we're talking two months after I got my Werner's permit. I literally was on my way to lunch. I got caught going 86 and a 55, I think. Oh my God. My dad's already done with work at that point. So I get home and I drive back because of what age I was and because the ticket technically would have been reckless driving or something like that. Yeah. He had to call my dad. So he called my dad, and I knew he knew when I got home. So I go in and I close the garage, and I go in. And my dad's just sitting there. My dad's sitting there on the couch, like doing something. He goes, like, "You get in some trouble today?" I was like, oh, "You already know the answer to that question." Just oh, a little man. bit. He ripped me the entire summer for that. My dad is one of these people that will he'll beat you down with like facts because <laughs> he's because he's so smart and he's too smart for his own good <laughs> and, and he's one of these people my dad doesn't know how to win so like when i win i'll like give you a wink and a nod and i'll be like i got the best of you when my dad wins i'll be like all right dad you win and then like 20 minutes later he's still explaining to me why he was right and i'm like no that means stop like you got it i would concede 
white flag. Like, it's done. I agreed with you. Why are you arguing with me? Like, I feel I like shit already. Thank you. I know. I'm like, I get it. I lost. You're right. I will, like, but um, my dad was that type of guy, but he was a, he was a fantastic, he was a fantastic parent. I couldn't ask for a better parent out of my dad. And he, he did a fantastic job um, making sure my brother and I had everything that we needed and always, you know, being, being an only parent at like, to raise both of us, making sure that he he would get off work and he would before I could drive, he'd he'd get me every single day from whatever practice I was going to, and he would get me back, mm. um, which is not a joke when you're working a full time job and then you also have kids that are playing sports and doing things yes. every single day of the week. So that was that was a real um, that's not something that I take for granted for sure. I'm aware that I had a, a fantastic dad, and you know he knows that. He just retired literally three, four weeks ago. Um, and congrats he's, to dad. I know. Enjoyed the retirement. Dad. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, he's he's in the Philippines right now, hanging out. So um, you shared a little bit, I think, at the beginning of the of the episode that your brother is no longer with us. Um, can you share some of your funnest memories that you had with your brother? Yeah. <laughs> We had a, I'll start, I guess, closer. So I was, it was right before I turned 21. He was gone. He's been gone for five years now. It was July of 2018. Mm-hmm. But it was honestly, as we got older, like we have, we have so many memories of doing stuff when you're younger, but that's like, I don't want to say when you're really young, it's because you're forced to, Yeah. but you have siblings and you know, you guys do everything together. And then honestly, it was as we got older, I think my brother and I kind of shared this individual bond because of the things that we went through when we were kids Mm -hmm. and it's the understanding i'd say that's the toughest thing that i deal with now is understanding that the only other person that directly went through the same things that i went through was him and he's not here anymore Mm. so that part's hard and you know my dad and i deal with it and can still talk about it as easily as i can with anyone but like in terms of my brother (laughs) it was as we got older because especially when you reach that age as like teenagers where you're maybe 15 or 16 up until, you know, he was, uh, in his early twenties, he, (laughs) you reach that point of having a sense of humor and things. And it was just everyday interactions that we could say. And we're kind of reaching that point of like, okay, you can go home. You know, that, that point, the first time you say a curse word around your parents. Fun. (laughs) I thought you were going to say fun. (laughs) Um, it was, it was around that time where you realize like, yeah, he and I are, very similar people, but we just portray ourselves. And I've, I've always said I'm much more brash and, you know, aggressive and he's much more like quietly, like gotcha type person. And I'm very in your face, like mm-hmm. I beat you, I won. <laughs> but yeah, I remember we went, it was my brother and I playing, it was like New Year's Eve. Uh, we went out and it was at one of his friend's house and we were sitting there and it was one of the funniest moments. I, I wish I had a picture of it, but I don't. We were playing uh like beer pong and against two of his friends and like one of both of us made a shot and they gave us our things back because we made them and they gave them back and immediately my brother and i both are just like a little drunk and we just start talking shit we're just talking we're just aggressively just oh my god you got and i remember the girl on the other side go (laughs) she says verbatim she goes oh shit there's two of them now (laughs) and we both just kind of looked at each other and gave him this little nod but it was really funny because he was never without me or my dad there he wasn't overly competitive mm-hmm. but whenever either of us were around it was there's just the little effect that you would have on each other and knowing 
you know, we always had a really tight relationship. I would say, yeah, the last, honestly, the last couple of years, for sure, when I was between that 18 and 20 age and he was kind of going, um, and he was in the midst of growing up, it was, it was really cool just getting to see like the, you know, becoming, becoming men and less kids was mm-hmm. kind of neat to see that because it's, it's like, a, it was a gratifying moment because, you know, we had been through similar things and there was kind of that unspoken thing of like, yeah, you know, we, we got this. You said something from us being kids than to be an adult, you know, me and my brother are six years apart, right? So there's a big difference. Plus I'm a girl, he's a boy. So when I was, when I was a teenager, he was still a kid. I did not want to hang out with him at all. Yep. And then as we got older to where we can talk more, not like a kids, but like an adult, I almost like got my brother back and now now he's living with me. So it's like a whole different experience. So it's really nice to come to that point where you like, oh, we adults, mm-hmm. we can talk, you know. And again, I think for you, it was different because you have that closeness in age. Yeah. Um, and so I I wonder... When you lost your brother, how how did you deal with that? Uh, not well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just to to add on to it was interesting. You know, when all that stuff happened, I didn't know. And like the the part that was the most crushing for it for me to hear, other than the physical aspect of what actually happened to him, was mm-hmm. all of his like all of his friends and the people directly that he would talk to like for work every day. And then he would see every day is when they didn't find him. I was the first person that everyone was like, Oh, Matt will know, you know, he'll know, he'll know where he is. He'll know what's happening. Like nobody worry. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, freak out when I had originally heard that people hadn't heard from him. Cause I was like, Oh, whenever he goes out and does stuff all the time. So he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't deal with the well at all. No, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I think I know how to live with it now, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that it never fully leaves you. You know, that's an experience that's not, that doesn't just go away, right? Um, I know how to deal with it and I know how to keep it at bay. And I know, you know, for me, what, what I'm, uh, what I can do to make myself feel better and what I can do to, I think my skill in life, I think the one thing that I'm, the absolute best at is that I take a lot of really bad energy and I'm just able to put it towards good things. That's amazing. And I think that's been, I think that's the reason, you know, why I'm at where I'm at right now is I just, I think a lot of people have bad things happen to them. Um, not even necessarily to them that just happened during their lives. And I have gravitated towards trying to make something out of those situations instead of using them as a you know, oh my God, I've been through something bad. You know, everyone's been through something bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like for me to ever think, you know, oh, you have no idea what I've been through. It's like the the ego in that statement is like, I don't know. You know, maybe you have been through something that's worse than, or maybe you have, you know, like you're not just going to see people and think, oh my God, you have no idea. It's like for you to say, for you to say that you have no idea what someone's been through is just as bad as someone saying, I know exactly how you feel because you don't. You know, you don't. I don't know what you've been through. You don't know what I've been through. Um, but I feel like, you know, you can either walk through life thinking that people should feel sorry for you or you have to take that and put it towards something. And I've just been able to put it towards uh, something consistently. And, you know, finding a way to deal with that, um, with my brother's situation and all the stuff with my mom growing up, um, a lot of that my dad has helped me with tremendously and the close friends that I have, you know, even you guys, we've known each other for, what, six years now? 
Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Bella Bel and Spencer. I'm literally meeting Matt today for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, something interesting you said, um, when you deal with grief and the, when people come in and come and tell you, I know how you feel. Two days ago, I was listening to this woman and, um, she was talking about losing her mother and, uh, and she was giving an interview and the interviewer asked her, uh, basically what was the best thing that people will tell you? And then what was the worst? And so she would talk about the best thing, but the worst thing she said, when people come and tell me, oh, I know how you feel. She said, because when, when people tell you, I know how you feel, she said, that stops it right there. Yep. If you know what I feel, I can't tell you any, anything, right? Because you know how I feel. Yeah. So, but, but you're absolutely right. I think, I think that each of us, a pain, a grief is different. You said you've been able to deal, now you know how to deal with it. So if somebody's going through grief right now, if they lost uh, somebody close to them, what would be the advice that you give to them how to, how to deal with, with grief? So I'll say, I think I'm at a point in my life now where I've been able to think about this. And I've actually had a lot of people ask me a question similar to that. And I'll say individually, something that you can progress with that allows you to not be stagnant. And I said, that's what I've, you know, that's what I've gravitated towards my whole life. Like my whole life right now is just a microcosm of me wanting to make sure that no matter what I do, it's something that I can keep moving forward at. That's always, that's why I like the gym. That's why I've, I've done all the things that I've done is just the gym for me was perfect for this situation. So individually, how did I get over it? I used, what is, <laughs> what's a better way to get over a bunch of emotion? That's probably why I played football when I was younger. What's a better way to help an angry young man than to put him <laughs> in an invincible Iron Man suit and let him go hit other people? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, <laughs> that probably had something to do with it that, and that helped. But you know, for me, it's, it's just finding something to keep your mind busy. I would mm -hmm. say, and something to like to keep your mind busy that you can emotionally pour yourself into that you can kind of just immerse yourself in. And that's what I've found with whether it's the gym, whether it's, um, you know, business things that I was doing, whether it was expanding on any aspect, that's what I've found is, is just find something not to just occupy your time, something healthy to occupy your time and something that you can constantly pour more into. Mm -hmm. Because if you, you know, if you only have, if you have cups that are this tall, you can't put that much water into them. Yeah. So go get a tub, you know, <laughs> go oh, get a tub and it. fill it full of water. And then, you know, you'll have a much better opportunity to, to keep giving to that and it won't run out and you'll be able to keep going. I'll say I, I found that it was anything the whole reason that i run my own business the whole reason that i do things the way i do is because i didn't want there to be like a cap on what it was that i could do mm -hmm. so doing it and going out on my own instead of starting with someone else right someone else you start and you go into like let's say an entry-level job and that's why i like that you're doing this i thought it was really cool that when i heard that you were doing this the way you were is because you sacrifice a level of security that we're kind of led to believe that you have your whole life right you come into a situation and okay, you're going to do this, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job, and then immediately you're going to get paid X amount of money and you're going to have X, Y, Z, and you're immediately going to be safe. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people take that route that is safe and then you forfeit the opportunity to have a lot of other things. And that was one of those things that I knew early on was that I was willing to you know, deal with 
maybe having a little less security and that's nerve wracking and it's scary at first. Definitely. It is. But for me, I did that because that was something that like I knew I would offer myself the opportunity to progress forever if I did it this way. And now it's fantastic. It's everything I wanted it to be, but it doesn't feel like it's been a couple of years. Yeah, you know, It feels like I look back and it, it doesn't look like it's been a couple of years all because I've been able to progress for a couple of years. You know, I didn't have, oh, I kicked it. I kicked ass for six months and then for a year I did nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a thing where you can constantly, I just want my chart to look like this, you know, <laughs> and I want to be able to keep going up. And that's, that's something that's what I'm hooked to. That's the one addictive behavior I have. Yeah. I don't have any substance issues. I don't have anything like that. But the one thing I'm 100% addicted to is just being able to keep moving forward in whatever I'm doing. Um, that think, probably gets me in trouble sometimes. But <laughs> I think that's a that's a good that's a good addiction. And I like your um, your generation, even though sometimes I make fun of Isabella for different things. Do you use chat GBT? Yeah, I have. Yeah. See, it's amazing. You should hop it, on. It's <laughs> Let she me, yells let, at hey, me. Hey, 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 let me say something else about your generation before we go to chat GBT. Let's don't even take it there. <laughs> no, but about the job, which you said, it's mm -hmm. absolutely true because um, I don't know about your dad. My dad retired, uh, and, and you can tell us if he had the same job, but my dad retired a few years ago and he worked. He got to his job. He, my dad is an engineer. He got to his job right after college. So he was 20 or 21 and he worked for the same job for 40 plus years, yeah. you know? So I think my generation, we are kind of like that middle to where we still like security. Not that your generation doesn't like security, but you are more open to go and start a business and do this, right? And try mm -hmm. different things. I think for, um, especially for parents' generation, it was like, you get a job, you stay at the yep. job, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody freaking talk about mental health. So do you like it? Do you get paid? Does it pay your bills? Mm -hmm. Right? And it, shut up and just like do your job, put your head down and just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and now we starting to talk about that. But um, I'm glad that you're doing that. My gosh, like, of course, put yourself. And I think that's such a great advice. Put yourself into something healthy because I think a lot of the times and again, each person deals with it individually. But a lot of the times. You know, people go the other way, right? Like you said, you have this addiction, but it's healthy addiction. But a lot of the times people go, people go the other way. So I'm glad that you're going the healthy ways and, uh, and um, that you're growing your business. Okay, so you got your minor in nutrition. Mm -hmm. So and I know you make programs for people. Yes. Is there any myth that you notice people have about different types of food that he people just, should he, eat he just exhales so exhale probably a ton no i'm just thinking my ears are steaming right now. crack my hands <laughs> yeah i mean like it's Fight people okay so me growing up i just for an example like i was a really skinny kid growing mm -hmm. up not as much now but i think like so i heard all these things growing up that you think are you know okay you have to all the things that you read in like men's health and you know fitness digest and all these things like that and it's just what you hear about, uh, you know, oh, oh, you have to eat chicken and rice 24-7 and you have to be bland and boring yes. and do all these things, which is not even close to true. And this is something I deal with like every single day when people are talking. They're like, oh, if you want to look like a, if you want to look like there, if you want to look like a, a peeled lizard with the veins coming out of your eyebrows, then yes, you have to eat an absurd level. You have to be ridiculously disciplined 24-7. You have to not eat fun things. You have to no seasonings, no sauces, boring, 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 24-7. Yeah. Horrible, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So you don't have to eat chicken and rice. No. Every for every meal, no. you could eat chicken and rice. But okay, you need vegetables. But you right? need. No, you don't. So you, you can. Don't let me rephrase. No, so I right now in a phase of of trying to get bigger and like I eat chicken and rice now. But to be clear, when you hear chicken and rice, right, what do you think? You think boring white rice and boring white chicken. Hey, I just made chicken at home and it, brown rice. I put some soy sauce. That's in my it. point. Exactly. When I make chicken and rice right now, it's technically chicken and rice. Yes. But this is not boring. This is like it is flavored rice and seasoned with all these sauces and things yeah. like that. And it's chicken that's got skin that tastes delicious, that's seasoned five times over, that's cooked. So like, do I eat that? Yes. I eat healthy-ish 70% of the time. And the rest, when you're putting on weight and you're like, when you're working out and burning calories and doing good things for your body, you do not have to be just in a straight jacket from touching food 24-7. Mm-hmm. You can't say like, oh, I can't eat that candy. Like if you're working out, you know, an hour and a half, an hour a day, and you're doing that, you know, four or five times a week, something like that, uh-huh. you can eat plenty because your body needs fuel to be able to add on more muscle and to be able to like, when you're in the gym, you're tearing down your body. That's what you're doing. You don't get stronger in the gym, right? When you're there, you're you're beating yourself up for however long you're in there. Mm-hmm. When you get home and you eat, that's to replenish and rebuild your body. Now, if you just put slop in your body, then yeah, it's not going to get... You're not going to grow, but if you're trying to get bigger and stronger and become, you know, more athletic and not bulky, no, in terms of, mm-hmm. in terms of the way that a lot of people think, but no, you can eat. I don't want to say you can eat anything because that's not true. You can't just eat anything and it'll be perfect. But yeah, I mean, you've, <laughs> you've seen most of it. You've been around yeah. for me. I don't exactly eat perfect 24 seven. And that's then I, okay. I that's know true. exactly. That's it my was point. really inspiring mm-hmm. because I think before I met Spencer and his friends, <laughs> I like I think it's just a woman's thing where you're like, oh, I can't eat or whatever. And they have just such a healthy mindset about eating because women are like, oh, you're not supposed to eat. You have to be skinny and all this. And I remember going to the gym and Spencer's like, you have to eat to take care of your body, to fuel your body, to give your body energy. Yeah, it's you know, you're like you can. okay, what's a good example? You can get a better car. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if you don't have gas to put in your car. It's not going to run. So if you're, and you need to, you know, like uh, your car can run for so long and then when you want it to run better, you need to change the oil and it's like, you can't run on the same thing forever. You need to constantly switch things up and you need to give your body something new to, to challenge it to. So, you know, it can look nice on the outside, but if what you put into it is shit all the time, Mm -hmm. it's not going to run as well as it can run. So that's the point. We all eat generally a repetition of like six or seven meals, right? Mm -hmm. You probably haven't thought about it, but right now, if you think over the last week, you've probably had the same meals, give or take a couple of differences, right? For the most part, you probably, you know, for breakfast, you do a couple things for lunch, you do a couple different things for dinner. When you're making it, you do a couple different things or you get something else. It's just adjusting those six or seven meals to what you want to do. I, I work with people all over the world and people that have the same things. And they're like, oh, well, how do I how do I get into a routine? One, you just need to have the food around mm-hmm. so that you know what you're making. You know, kind of like give or take. I have generally probably three or four different things that I eat before the gym, three or four after, three or four for dinner, three or four for breakfast that are like different things. And then I can kind of mix them up and change. But like right now, for example, no, I wake up and I have four eggs and I have like two pieces of toast with jelly and do all this stuff. Like it's nothing that's restrictive at all because I'm, I'm burning a lot of calories. I spend a lot of time in the gym, but that's different for me than it is for a lot of people. Cause for me, give or take, that's kind of my profession. Okay. (laughs) In terms of if I wanted to lean out, if I'm about 
210, 215 right now. If I wanted to be 195, then yeah, I could lower things down and I would get more, I would stop eating as much, you know, stuff that has fat in it and sugars and stuff like that. Like, yeah, right now I go to, I go to 7-Eleven in the middle of the night and I get like freedom because I can. Just right? imagine you like waking up just starving. <laughs> I was, I was hanging out with Spencer the other night and I was like, I'm going to 7-Eleven. This literally <laughs> happened three nights ago. <laughs> but oh, it was just. Good for you, Matt. Good for you that you can just get up in the middle of the night and go do shit. And I have to do fucking intermittent fasting, fucking count the time I eat, the time I don't eat, what I eat, when I eat. Eat, when I go to the gym, uh, what to fucking do at the gym? <laughs> anyway, that was just my moment. Oh, also, that I have to say, moment. when I was in college, Matt would make these smoothies, and they had oh Captain no, Crunch, no, 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 no. a raw egg, and protein powder. Yeah, but that was on a college budget <laughs> and diet too. But yeah, she's right. We would literally take like just okay. It's an example of how disgusting it can get trying to gain weight. That was not a joke. She didn't embellish a single thing from that. We would take like whole milk. Oof. It was like whole milk, which is thick. Yeah. Milk. Whole milk. And we would take Captain Crunch and we would put, I don't know, a bowl or two's worth of that in there probably. And then like protein powders and eggs and stuff. And we would just throw it in because like giving it more food. And it kind of is a funny transition, right? Those shakes would be like 1,200 calories. I would almost puke after I would drink Oof. every single yeah, time. Yeah, they, they don't. One, because I would almost puke when we added peanut butter to them. That's when it got bad. Oh. Yeah, everybody calm down. <laughs> but we would go and just, okay, here's an example, right? In terms of, I don't want to get too bulky. Yeah. You can work out any way you like. What people don't understand is that the food aspect determines what you're going to look like. So Tell if you me go more. To, if you go to the gym, let's say, if you go uh, four days a week, Mm-hmm. And you go in, let's say you go um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and you take off Wednesdays and the weekends. If you go in and you work out, hard, if you worked out like uh, like I would, like just aggressive, you know, the whole time, like doing all this this extra shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you went in and you worked out like that. If you didn't go home and you didn't eat a ton of food, you are not going to gain weight. It doesn't matter what you do. what The way you work out and the way you want to look you work out to tear your body down. If you don't eat after and and fill up your body and replenish it and do it a certain way, you're not going to gain weight. Okay. So the whole I'm going to get bulky thing is all it's like I've been hearing that since I was like 12. And mm-hmm. at the time I was 12, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> but I, I watched enough TV. But yeah, no, in terms of are you going to get bigger or not, that's going to be determined by you know, how much food are you eating and, and what's your diet look like in terms of, you know, you need to train, but if you're training really hard and you're not eating a ton of food, you're not going to get, okay. you're not going to become this giant, you know. Okay. So like for somebody like me and, and Bella, Bella, you live too, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah. Should more, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to get toned right Mm -hmm. i don't i mean you know like i have to still lose some weight you know after because i have two kids and and all of that and then pandemic happened that didn't help nobody (laughs) um so if i go to the gym so here's what i do when i go to the gym i just take this little pre-workout right i drink that just to give me a little bit more energy is that i don't know i've taken so many horrible pre-work like in a good way but pre-workout. Amino, your... amino, I do something like amino something. Yeah, yeah, that's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's they would take good. like stuff and they would be shaking. I remember Spencer would be like throwing up. His face would be red. It's like, <laughs> oh, he was no, like, no. why are you taking this? He's like, watched... it's some off-market stuff that Matt has. <laughs> I watched Spencer spew 
in the middle of our workouts. Head on stilly. Oh my God, it was so funny. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, all right, I'm good to go now. (laughs) How long after the gym do I need to eat? Again, like what's, what's the, what's the good way to. Science. The science. Um, well, I guess, I guess it's different for each person. I would say it's good to get something in after you lift, though, because individually for me, if I go in and, you know, I I go to the gym and I'm really getting after it for an hour and a half or something like that, and then mm-hmm. I leave, I'm depleted, right? Like I, all that food that I put in before the gym, a lot of it is gone. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like after that, you know, your, your central nervous system and things, if you're really pushing it, is in a bad state it's much better to get something in after you lift because it's like uh okay when you were a kid and they would always give you orange slices and gatorade mm-hmm. after like a soccer game it's to give you to re-energize your body to replenish what you what you sweat out i think it's like gatorade commercials replenish what you left okay what are your thoughts i wonder on the diet culture you know there's so many different diets right. this and that and the other i've tried a few of them none of them work for me i'm currently doing intermittent fasting which seemed to be I don't know if it's working. I'm doing it. Um, But I wonder, you know, like keto diet, whatever diet, don't eat carbs. Then you hear carbs are bad. Then fat is bad. Then non-fat is good. And then it's bad. Ah, all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think carbs bad is definitely like carbs equals bad is like a lot of (laughs) is not true entirely. But like carbs is a perfect example. Okay. When people say you need to eat healthy all the time. Um, two examples of carbs, uh, brown potato is a carb, mm-hmm. right? Is a healthy carb. White rice is a healthy carb. Um, white rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White rice, brown rice, all these things like that. Carbs. Mm-hmm. Also carbs are pizza and the things that I got from Seven Eleven three nights ago when I was hanging out with Spencer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> two very different things, both carbs. Mm-hmm. So carbs by themselves are not necessarily bad, but like when you hear carbs are horrible, it doesn't mean you can't eat all of them. One, our body needs carbs to perf- our carbs give our body energy to do basic things. Yeah. 24 <laughs> to to walk, to run, to go to the gym, to do all these things that we do. Carbs carbs fill you out. Carbs are your, you know, your main gas source for sure. If your body's a car, then that's your gas, definitely. Um in terms of keto and things like that, you cut out carbs because carbs allow your body to keep water weight. So when you have carbs, they're they're the most saturating other than, you know, fat to a certain extent. But carbs saturate your body. So when you have carbs, you you fill up, they hold water, hold things like that. So you'll gain water if you ate a, if you ate a whole pizza mm-hmm. and you weigh yourself the next day. You didn't actually gain three pounds, but you're not going to keep all three of those pounds that you did gain on the scale. But because right. there's a ton of carbs in your body, it's in your system, it's processing, and it's going to hold all the water that's in your body. That's what it is because, and it's it's a it's a different it's a different thing, (laughs) it's a different combination of that and and hormones and stress and things that cause you to gain and lose water weight. So when you fluctuate your weight, like I weigh myself every morning when I get up, Uh and I try to keep more of like a Monday morning every week is kind of when I actually want to track it. But I'll see. I think I was three pounds less today than I was yesterday when I woke up. Mm -hmm. I ate the exact same things today and yesterday, but this weekend I didn't eat the exact same things that I ate all day. Okay. And that water weight stuck around and then I went to the gym and I did it and it's like, oh my God, you lost like three pounds in a day. And it's like, no, but your hormones and things change and they vary throughout the week based on what am I putting into my body? How am I doing it? So to wrap all the way back around, carbs are not bad. 
Um, you hear that people carbs are not bad. <laughs> carbs are not bad. <laughs> in terms of keto, mm-hmm. things like that. Because keto is cutting down what? It's no carbs or like 20 grams of carbs a day or something. Is it like sustainable no. keto? Not at all. Keto's like, okay, here's an example. My aunt who, uh, one of my aunts on my dad's side, his sister, she did um, she did keto to get down in like her... Her daughter was getting uh, married and she wanted to get into a wedding dress, mm-hmm. right? Which, not, not a wedding dress. She just wanted to be ready for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did it. She ended up losing a bunch of weight, actually. But that's the thing. Keto is not a sustainable. So what keto does, right, in the same sense where I said you gain water weight, mm-hmm. when you stop eating carbs forever, and not forever, but let's say for a month when you go through that whole process, what it does is it just flushes all that extra water weight out of your body. That's exactly what it does, yeah. when you're not you're not losing sustainable weight. Like if you wanted to, if a month from now you said someone, I'm going to have a photo shoot and someone's going to take a bunch of pictures of me, right? You could say, okay, do keto. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck. You could do it. But at the end of that, it's it's much more of a foreign event at this time type thing. You don't do keto thinking this is going to change my life forever, right? Because it's it won't be that way. It's impossible because the second you eat, the second you eat anything, a single carb, after that, your body's going to take all that water weight back up. Not all of that water weight, but it will, like, removing those carbs flushes out all the water weight and fat and gets rid of a lot of the things that you have stored in your body. Yeah. And then when you eat again, it's going to build back up. So it's a matter of, it's altering your body's composition in mm-hmm. terms of, okay, I'm going to get rid of all this fat, but if you don't really, if you don't work out a certain way and you don't tone up or change your muscle or anything like that, you're not really going to look any different. So, um, but in terms of like, you know, most fad diets, anything that you're going to read about for the most part is not sustainable. You know, the funny thing I was reading about keto. So I only did that for like a month, a month and a half. I did, maybe I lost like five pounds, but again, as I started eating, it came back. Yep. It came, like right away. Yeah, it's right like away. hello, we are back. Yep. I I just I just think yeah I don't I think that any diet unless you keep it forever right. and I know forever is a big word but it's you're gonna you're gonna go back. Yeah, that's why like even all those fad diets right are generally based on like you have to do a ton of this like keto is a ton of protein right and like no carbs mm-hmm. or it's it's like just altering the sliders like this when in reality instead of doing this you just need to have a much more balanced across the board. And it's, but like the, the whole culture that we've kind of been a part of, particularly for the last like five or six years, it feels like, Mm -hmm. is that every time there's a new thing, everybody wants to, everybody wants to try it. You know, everybody, oh my God, what if I try this and this? And I, some, you know, some person with a million followers will be like, I tried keto. And then every one of their followers is like, I'm going to try keto because I'm going to look like her. And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. not. Because you don't know what else she's doing when she's not posting. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just, it's the power of influence. If a client came to you and they're like, my goal is to lose weight, is there a difference between like males and females or? I guess, it, yeah, just losing weight as a whole versus, you yeah. know, okay, like let's say I want to look like X or Y or Z. I mean, it's, it is a little different like because. lose weight and like tone up or whatever. Yeah. So lose weight and tone up. So females biologically, just because of the way the, the differences that we do have, right? You guys have more estrogen, which is the female, one of the female sex hormones. You guys have estrogen in your body that's higher. So generally like a. If you see, if you hear 20% body fat, you don't go, whoa, you go, whoa, that sounds big. No, like the average female is about 20% body fat, Mm -hmm. but they don't look like if you saw a guy that was 20% body fat, he'd be, you know, kind of, he'd probably have a little extra. When you see a female that has 20% body fat, generally speaking, no, that's pretty relatively slim. If I were to try to talk to someone, I mean, it's based on, 
your weight and how you work out and you know what you eat and when you eat and how you want to do it but there wouldn't be a ton of differences it's you want to lose 20 pounds in a year that's pretty easy to do to be honest with you and it's how do you want to lift how do you want to do cardio Mm-hmm. you know it's it's not actually that complicated mm-hmm. right so it's just another one of those things like everything whereas there's nothing wrong with not knowing the problem that we have now is that everybody when they have one percent of the information they want to act like they know everything they know everything and that's that's like that's the one thing i don't like about the fitness industry let's call it as a mm-hmm. whole is that the fitness industry is is full one it's full of excuses so genetics are absolutely a factor but genetics are not going to influence your ability to diet and work out and become skinny and have six-pack abs if you want to there's not a single person if you're hearing this or watching this (laughs) you there's not a single person that cannot go to the gym and diet and have cardio and go have a six-pack and be lean and have all these things every single person can do those things People think that you have yeah. to do this diet, that diet, work out this way or that way or do something like out of this world, but you just, you eat, don't eat a lot of shit and mm-hmm. try to move your body. Yeah. That's, I think, the, that's the fun part is you can eat shit too. Like that's what, like what your husband said. He said, don't eat a lot of shit. Don't eat a lot of the shit. Keyword yeah. is a lot there though, because you can absolutely eat shit. <laughs> you just, not a ton. You shouldn't be eating mainly shit, but yeah. A little bit of shit here and there. That's the thing. That's you know that everything. People, you can yeah. eat shit. You can eat a little bit of shit. You can. Oh you don't have oh to be. You don't have to be perfect with it. But yeah, it's just. It's just. It's easier to see. Like, okay, how how long has your husband been working out? Oh my gosh. Um, so th- there is a funny story, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing. Uh, one of his one of his best friend uh, call him a bitch. <laughs> so that's how it starts with guys, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You, you, oh, I know. something like i don't know what he said uh, they were in japan i think they were living in japan i think i'm getting this facts right if i'm not roy i'm sorry i think they were uh so my husband studied abroad in japan uh and he met his best friend Mackenzie there and i think that Mackenzie went to the gym or something and he asked roy but he said maybe no i don't know again but anyway there was a bitch calling and then roy was like you call me a bitch i'll show you <laughs> So he started working out, and so he was in Japan, I mean, what, more than 20 years ago. So he he has been working out for a long time, and now when I get these pictures on my memories, like through Google Photos, he was so, I mean, not so much smaller because he's tall guy, right? But he was so much smaller, and now he looks like a wall, <laughs> and I... Not and I don't. So yeah, he's been working out for a long time, and I learned a lot from from him. Uh, and to all the women, no, you don't bulk unless you do specific things mm-hmm. to bulk, right? Yeah. yeah, it's you just you have to like going to the gym and being in shape doesn't mean that you're going to get bulky. If you if you eat a bunch of food and lift incredibly heavy and do that every single you know all the time, like to a a point of maximum exertion, then yeah, you'll gain weight. But you'll know that you're going to gain weight when you're doing that. If you're going in and doing, you know, four sets of 15 with 10-pound dumbbell curls, you're not going to turn into, Yeah. hopefully no one listening to this is named Helga, but you get the, <laughs> you're not going to turn into this beefcake of a, like, just a human, like a monster. <laughs> um, one of my personal questions, what's the split should be between cardio and lifting i guess it depends on the individual goal that you're after so if you want lose weight i lose, want to lose weight lose weight as a whole 
Like that's the main. Lose weight and and tone, and I'm getting yeah, some muscles. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Yeah, then, there. <laughs> they're, they're there. And <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, more more cardio. That because so when you want to lose weight, it's still it's more about maintaining muscle and being able to lose weight, but maintaining it healthy. Like you don't mm-hmm. just want to wither away, right? You don't. Wanna, no. You don't want to. You're the whole goal when you're cutting down is to healthily get rid of fat and maintain muscle. That way, you can show more of the muscle, and then you lose weight, and then it's great. Yes, show more muscles too. That's my absolutely. That's yeah. My big so goal. I mean, it's you still you need to be doing cardio like just as often then as you're lifting at least. So like individually. Right when people are really trying to lose weight, they they lift and then they do do cardio after the fact. The reason you do that is because when you're lifting, um, especially when you're trying to lose weight, you're using all that stored food mm-hmm. that's in your body. It's stored as glycogen and things like that, and you're getting rid of fat and you're using that energy to lift and to be able to push weights, maybe that to get stronger, to be able to tear down muscle tissue. And then at the end, you go and do cardio, and you're ideally you're not using energy from food you're using stored energy in your body that you have that can be fat that can be you know whatever Mm -hmm. and then you're you're burning that off over time so that's the idea is that i mean you need to do yeah it losing weight is more cardio based than it is weights based but you still need both of them so if you're lifting let's say you three or four times a week Mm -hmm. then at the end of that session those sessions then you need to do cardio at the end and then that that's the best way to do it that way you're going to be able to tone and keep the muscle that you have and then you're also going to be able to get rid of fat and slim out um but yeah as a whole i mean cardio is never a bad thing definitely never a bad thing and more copy that do cardio (laughs) cardio. go run run your lap do you hear that bella (laughs) cardio i like cardio you do i do Cardio. Cardio. I feel like it's the one thing that I can do, like weightlifting and like <laughs> squats. Like I, I could hate do the other squats. one all day. That's that's like like uh, makes you booty, you know. Yeah, I know, but I always feel like I'm gonna pass out and like my that's body the point. just like do just some run. pre-workout. You'll feel free. You're Spencer and I will make you the mix that we did when we were like 19. No, I did it once. I took like red red vine, red line, or whatever. Who even knows? And I like went to the gym, and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, was, was that the free workout? Yeah. I take stuff that you know has it has a good amount of caffeine and like some other stimulants and stuff in it to kind of to help you through the workout. But at the time when we were 19 or 20, we were so reckless with it. Can we ask like what type of stuff do you do like in terms of pre workout and in um, context to all the fun stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, well, in terms of um, so I got on testosterone three years ago. And how do about you feel? three years? Now. Oh, I feel awesome. What does it like do to you? Like, what's the like? Well, testosterone is the male sex hormone. Okay. Right. So, like you guys, oh, we were talking about estrogen. That's the female sex hormone, and God. testosterone is the male. So, like it, there's um. You just feel like Hulk? No. <laughs> I mean, like at times, yeah, maybe. But like what it, I think the the reason I got on, I actually went in and I was just feeling, I was just feeling kind of muggy. I don't want to say depressed because that's definitely not the word. But I was just like, I'm having a trouble like getting out of bed and doing stuff like that. So I went into the doctor and they tested it. They, I was just like, yeah, can I just get like a blood test done? And because I actually wasn't even looking for testosterone. I was just like, is something kind of off like with my body or whatever I wanted to go in. And they went, and I, I'll never forget the exact number because it's way too easy because we live in Colorado. When they measured, it was like 420 nanograms per deciliter, which the range for someone who is a healthy male is supposed to be between like 350 and like 900. Mm-hmm. I 
but the lower end of the spectrum is supposed to be like people who are much older or you know 60 70 years old are supposed to have wow lower yours spectrum. was pretty low mine was lower oh, this for is, 20 i i got it yeah 420 and I, i'll never forget it when they gave me the, i literally looked oh, at the I paper didn't get it i was like this has got to be a joke and it wasn't and that was the actual number so i can never but I went and did that, um, and it was a little low, but technically because it was within the range, they were not going to help me with any of that. So I decided to go out on my own, and I decided I was going to help myself with that. Mm-hmm. Um, best de- best decision I've ever made, at least individually for me, because a lot of the, like when you hear testosterone, you just think, you know, guys standing in a room beating their chest like King Kong. Just, <laughs> that's that's exactly what I think. Absolutely. Is that not what's happening? No. <laughs> well, sometimes. I do plenty of that too, but I... <laughs> I'll say it like test someone described it as uh, the mental and like psychological effects in a good way. And when you say psychological, it starts to get, mm-hmm. but in terms of like the, the, like the drive to get up and go do, I sleep better. I'm definitely more energetic as a whole. And I was already plenty energetic to begin with. But when this happened, it was cause I was just starting to feel like drowsy and I was like, I couldn't get up in the morning. It was a whole thing. So I went in and uh, yeah, they weren't interested in giving a 23 year old, testosterone prescriptions so mm-hmm. um but i figured that whole thing out and then ever since then yeah i mean it definitely does it does help like that's the one thing you, you people wouldn't take uh steroids or testosterone or anything like that if they didn't have an effect that's why people are like oh i take it but i don't need it it's like then why are you taking it like you, that's a lie <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, they have an effect but definitely there there's an overstated um notion of what they do like they are not i think i i was Okay, so for example, not necessarily, you know, weight is different versus what's muscle versus what is fat. But when I started, I was like 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm 215 now. But that's like, it's not like I just gained all that weight, right? Like I didn't, I didn't just go and I took it and I was like, holy shit, you know, this is crazy. You notice it, you notice the difference in strength and feeling, you know, a lot more uh, weights move around easier for sure Mm -hmm. when you start taking it. But that doesn't happen if you don't take if you're still not eating and you're still not doing all the things that you need to do, it raises your capacity for your physical output physically. Mm-hmm. Mentally, you have to be able to like, you still have to add weight every time you're in the gym and you have to do things different every time you're in the gym. So it's not like you just take that and then you go back in two months and you're just lifting the whole thing. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> there is this notion that, cause it's the whole, I'm like, it's a magic pill thing. And you know, like, oh, if I took that, I'd look like, you know, I, I'd look like this ripped guy or, or whoever this girl is. I'd look exactly like that if I took it. And it's like, really? Then why doesn't everybody look like that? Right. I think so, it's just the lack of knowledge with everything. Absolutely. And and like what you said earlier, people have 1% of whatever the knowledge they think they have. And they think that they have 80% of it. Say, yeah. And people who have zero knowledge, like, well, this guy who has a million followers knows what he's talking about. Let me follow him. Let me do that. Yeah. But it's just do a little bit more of your own thing. Like, look somewhere else and... Uh, you're right because like why doesn't everybody look like that yeah even then or we had talked we had talked briefly about uh i pulled up some pictures so we did our pre-thing and i we were talking about lance armstrong mm-hmm. and lance armstrong was he was caught it was testosterone between and then he was blood doping and yeah. blood doping is the process of <laughs> like basically cycling through your own blood and and modifying that blood that you can like before and after races and he got caught doing this whole thing where he was cheating mm-hmm. and he absolutely was cheating and he admitted to cheating the whole time but when you look at lance armstrong he doesn't look like you don't look at him and go oh that guy's on steroids right like if you if you pulled up a picture of him right now he's a he's a 
skinny guy, relatively speaking, right? But it's a performance-enhancing drug. Did it enhance his performance and help him win those races? Absolutely. Did it make him into this massive, you know, I mean, no, he's a cyclist. He's got to be fast. He's got to be mm. you know, quick and, and fast and agile and things like that. And they, so it's, they elicited ability to increase your physical capacity to perform. Yeah. That's what they do. But they definitely, uh, like the mentally, you still have to figure that out yourself. And most 99% of people can't figure that out. That's why like I'd say 50%, I guarantee you, both you know people that don't tell you or that you don't know are on steroids but are on steroids and that's Ella, because why don't you tell me you're on steroids <laughs> in this room technically one out of three no but like every there's so many people that are on steroids of some kind but you don't mm -hmm. look at them and the, you, they don't look shredded to the bone or like a, a mammoth so you don't think oh my god that guy's on steroids so many people are on them and then they quickly realize that they're not just the, you know, the quote unquote magic pill thing. Mm -hmm. and when they realize that, they don't want to tell people that they're on steroids because people go, no, you're not. You don't look like you're on steroids. We're going to take a break to give a shout out to our favorite sponsor. Ingrid D. Magidson is a world-renowned international artist based in Aspen, Colorado. She creates layered mixed media and abstract art. She's inspired by the beauty and nature in pieces from the Renaissance era. We are thrilled to have Ingrid D. Magidson as our sponsor, and we encourage you to support her incredible work. If you want to learn more about this artist, go visit her at www.ingridmagidson.com. Again, that's www.ingridmagidson.com. Now let's get back to the show. So you said that you mentally you have to figure that out. So you take the quote-unquote magic pill that mm -hmm. they think that, that it is. Right. What do you mean that they have to figure out mentally? Like what, what aspect they have to figure it out? Yeah, so so let's say um, if you go to the gym and you lift like the same weights forever and it's not you're not getting any stronger and things aren't happening, that could be a result of a lot of, you know, the way you're lifting or the way you're eating or, or what you are and aren't doing. There's a whole lot of different factors that go into that. Let's say you decide, okay, I'm going to take testosterone, mm -hmm. right? If you weren't capable of mentally pushing yourself and making yourself do that before you were on testosterone, you're not just going to magically figure out how to do that. Oh, I see. You, so you can physically enhance yourself all you want. Mm -hmm. If you're okay, there was a good example. There was this kid I played high school football with. He was a huge guy. He never lifted ever. He was, but he was the strongest dude at the age that I had seen. He would go in. And he was this big dude, but when he would go out and play football, he was a weenie. Mm -hmm. he was a weenie he wouldn't he didn't want to hit people he wanted to run like he was my size and i was 130 pounds this dude was 210 pounds when he was like 16 years old wow you get the point so mentally if you're not in tune with being able to make yourself do what you have to do it doesn't matter physically yeah what you've got what your body what's in there whatever you're doing if you can't mentally and it's one of those that everyone can do it you can do it i can do it you can do it everyone you see on the street can do it you're capable of it but if you in your own mind are not capable of getting yourself to push it a little bit and make sure that you can kind of go beyond, you know, what you originally think is that you're capable of, then it's not going to matter. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the cool, the cool and bad thing about social media is the same thing is that you definitely don't have to be the smartest or the best at something to have a following. So it's really cool. You have to be the first person that they think of when they think, of, if they think of, you know, 
uh, name any single thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the best, but if you have 10 million followers, people are going to believe you when you say it because they're going to hear it from you the most. They're going to hear it from you yeah. the most often and everyone is going to hear the same thing. And at that point, it becomes like folklore, but that becomes fact on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard my buddy took testosterone and he benched 400 pounds. What? Let me take testosterone. What do you mean I can't bench 400 pounds? Your buddy took it. I don't know. It's crazy. Mm, I see. That's what we all heard, though. That's what your friend told your friend. And yeah. So, like, it, it increases your capacity to do things physically. But again, if the the mental part and eating and the, the science behind the training isn't there, then it's not going to matter. And it's the same with, with working out even even without it, right? Even mm-hmm. without steroids or testosterone, yep. you know, all of those things, right? Yeah. If you... Because a lot of the times we hear, right, Mm -hmm. the stupid New Year's resolution, I hate that word, but, you know, oh my gosh, I want to lose weight. I hate it. Okay. And so I remember, like, you just go 24-hour fitness and January, February, a parking lot full. I mean, you had to park like a mile away. March, kind of like, mm, not not too many. Okay. Okay. So I guess people give up to fuck the resolution. I'm going back to eating. And then as year progresses, yep. because you see the same people at the gym workout resolution and all, yeah. you, you just see them. But then you see some new people like, oh, new people. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, that's the new New Year's resolution people. Yep. And it's like, you're right, because you can say, I want to lose weight. But if you don't change how you eat, if you don't start working out, if you don't mentally like change that, then nothing's going to happen. I don't like, I think kind of just a perspective of how I look at a lot of it. I've always hated the New Year's resolution thing. Oh, me too. The New Year's resolution, not because, I mean, obviously because the gym gets crowded and that sucks because I don't want to wait to use machines. But like this whole notion, like to be candid, if you're someone, (laughs) New Year's isn't real. It's a made up date. Like if you're waiting and you're like, all right, it's six months when this made up calendar of systems that we made between our months flips over, then I'm going to, I'm going to flip it into gear. That's funny. You're not going to stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> if it took you through all that, you know, like, oh, I waited. I'm going to wait. I know. It's not like yet. we may, or, or people that are like, oh, I'll start on Monday. I'm like, why? We made up these dates. Like, they don't actually mean anything, right? It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Why do you have to wait till Monday? Yeah. Because it's the start of the next week. Like, no, if you want to do some shit, just fucking just commit do. to it and start doing it the same way that people do. Uh, the New Year's Eve thing is, is just numb because people start and they wait and it's like this summer. Mm-hmm. People will be like, I'm waiting right now. There's people listening to this because it's October. They're like, two months, I'm I going to the gym. Do it. I'll change it, two and a half months, I'm going. And I'm they, eating like, my cake right now, yeah. my donuts. But my God, I'm going to get to it. It's like, no, if you were actually really that interested in changing yourself, then you wouldn't wait until you know January 1st and you wouldn't already give up on it by January 14th. Yeah. So it's like, I think just to, sometimes people stick to it, but I would love to see some sort of statistic of like tracked new year's eve i want to see people that sign up for the gym on january 1st how many of them are still there like six months later i would love to see there are statistics not very many not very good and gyms i mean good for them and their business stuff Uh right they figure it out they give you like this best deals Mm -hmm. to, to sign up and then and then they go back to like their normal fees and people don't go how many people right now have gym memberships that don't visit their gym oh (laughs) (laughs) you no i just haven't been in a while because i was sick but that's also an excuse being sick sick, all right (laughs) should we wrap it up what's your most embarrassing moment and please no uh uh-uh irena go first no 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 no. you have to 
you have to make it embarrassing. Don't say, oh, you know, I farted in class. Because that's not time to think. (laughs) No, I have plenty of. I really don't have mine off the top of my head. I think Irina has one that I've been waiting for. And you might build off this because I don't know, you might have a story like this. I'm quite intrigued. (laughs) You said you've had multiple experiences with this story. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Um, So. Isabella's making me do this, so um, okay. So um, that it was a pandemic, okay. And um, remember when we used to wear masks, even when we would go outside, right? <laughs> so uh, my mom was living with us at the time, and we had dinner. I don't remember what I ate, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go for a walk with both kids." So my daughter was just learning to ride a bike, so she was on a bike and then my son he was little because he was born during pandemic a little bit before so he was on the stroller and it's just this beautiful day we take this it was it was it was like uh may maybe or june whatever it was nice warm day (laughs) it was a warm day so um so we walking we walking and there is this like we live in this neighborhood and you like you can go up and you can go around and i was like oh, something's starting to feel weird but it's okay it's okay we just keep walking i was like oh should i take a longer route or 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 short i was like nah i'll take the long one you know just to get more steps in Uh-oh. so i'm walking and i'm starting to feel <laughs> something <laughs> is happening something is happening and i'm too far from the house <laughs> So I started going faster, and I told my daughter, um, honey, mama doesn't feel good, so let's start going fast, okay? And she goes, okay, mama. Thank goodness she didn't say no. And then... Then it happened. (laughs) No, it did not happen. And then I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it alive. (laughs) And so I called my husband, and I was like... I think no. I was like, I think I'm gonna poop my pants. <laughs> I was like, you have to go. You have to come and get us. He's like, where are you? I was like, I don't know. Just come look for us. I have no idea. I mean, I did know, but I couldn't think about the street where we were at in. And I was like, buy that hotel, and there's like a construction. So come there. <laughs> so he comes, and he. He comes and I see him driving and uh, and I was like, I can't, I have to run, I have to run. He's like, well, sit in the car. I was like, no, because I'm going to shit in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And so I start running, running, and I think I was praying to Jesus. (laughs) And I'm not a runner, as I told you, but I was running so fast. He didn't answer that prayer, did he? (laughs) (laughs) He gave me strength and was like, please take me home. Oh my gosh, this, this is my embarrassing moment. And as I was running, oh. it happened. It was going down. You were as you were running to the car for him to pick you up. No, I was going. I was running home. Oh, you didn't even get in the car. No, he. I left the. Ki- well, he came. I left the kids. I was like, put them in the car. I have to run. And so I started running. So Jesus did answer my prayer because I was running. I've never ran so fast. I never ran so fast. There was like a little stairs. I was going like a giraffe (laughs) through those stairs. Okay. And then you run past anyone? 
I don't know. I didn't. I hope I not. Do, I don't. Or maybe on the other side. And, I'm, and thank goodness I was wearing dark workout pants. Mm-hmm. And so then as I run, I was like, oh, my gosh, our neighbors, you know, our neighbors, they like to talk to me. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I didn't have key from my house. But Roy left the garage like you know how like we yeah, get into the yeah. garage so i opened i was like my god god please don't let susie be there <laughs> because because i'm going to die right there yeah that was um the next few days my legs did not feel great um and uh it was roy laughing so oh my gosh he was dying and then and then as i'm in the bathroom my mom comes in she's like honey did you poop your pants i was like please get out of here please go so she stays by the door talking to me i was like mom you have to leave (laughs) you have to leave this is very low moment in my life i would uh all right so i'll share mine now (laughs) now that you brought it up i don't want you to feel alone in this poop story (laughs) let's make it a party (laughs) um all right well so i did uh last summer oh this is recent yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. This this is recent. This mine, is mine was twenty twenty, so you know pandemic shit happened to all of shit us. Shit happened to Literal all of us. Shit. Actual shit happens. I had a so I had to do this internship. If the person that employed me at this internship, you don't know this story because no one was there when it happened. So if you're listening to this right now, I'm gonna point out who it was. It was actually Ironside Gym in Fort Collins. They're actually a really awesome gym. They do a, oh, I know that. They do a fantastic job, actually. Uh, the guy who owns the gym, his name is Joey Manessis. No. He was awesome to me the whole time. He was such a nice guy. He did a great job. <laughs> Thank you for working with me throughout this whole process and letting me do my thing while I was there. I got to the point where I was so comfortable doing this that I would wake up and I would literally wake up and maybe within 10 minutes of me waking up, I was in the gym, in the office where I was doing all my work. So I would just get up and go. One of the things you do when you wake up immediately, generally, I don't know about you guys, is you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, I wake up because I have to go so bad. You see, occasionally, you got to poo. Now, I got up really, really early one morning and just left my house. And I got there, and I was chilling. And I'm sitting in the office upstairs, which oversees the whole gym. Fortunately, I'm there so early that there's not another soul there in the gym with me. And I'm laying there, and I'm chilling, literally feet up on the desk, just so everyone gets a notion of what my airways were like. (laughs) My feet were up on the desk like this. Now, fortunately, I have a horrible, horrible habit that I developed when I was in like high school where I wear gym shorts underneath like pants. Okay. I've always done this because I remember one time I fucking, I forgot to wear gym shorts to gym class and they like docked me points. So I was like, fuck that. So I'm always going to wear them that way I'm prepared underneath. So I was still doing this to the point because when I was there, I was going to work out sometimes too. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'll bring shorts with me. I'm there and I'm sitting and I'm like, I'm eating something. I'm thinking of eating breakfast or something like that. And all of a sudden you just hear this little, and it's your stomach. And my stomach's kind of doing that little rumbling no. thing. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm have to go do my morning glory here in a little bit. And in the words of uh, Alec, I gambled on a fart and I was wrong. I gambled on a fart and it was 50-50 and I fucking lost. <laughs> okay? And I lost and it was miserable. And we're sitting there and I knew. And how I'm, I'm honestly... <laughs> I'm honestly impressed with myself from how fast my brain switched from holy holy shit you just shit your pants to we need to find a solution to this problem immediately. I just shit right. in my 
This is where it gets way worse. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it still gets worse. So I, I reluctantly waddle down the stairs to the bathroom. Did you shit the chair too? No. <laughs> okay, good. Gym shorts underneath. The gym shorts that, Thank that God. and the underwear, fried, gone. So the hilarious thing about this gym is they have trash cans set up everywhere, but like no one's there. And fortunately, because I was an intern there, like that was one of the things I was doing was like taking out trash and doing things like that. Um, so I go downstairs, take care of the mess <laughs> for lack of a better, I don't want to go into detail about that. It just wasn't fun. You shit your pants. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I know what's going to happen. You do know exactly what's going to happen. But I go in there and ironically, they have this, uh, like when you go into like a hospital or like a care facility, you know how they have the red trash cans that are like toxic waste and like needles <laughs> and things like that. They have one of those, like an older one of those that's out in the gym and I'm sitting there and I'm going like. Fuck, 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 fuck. I'm so scared. I'm like, this is, I've never dealt with this before in my life. Like, it took me 24 years of life to shit my pants once. And I, and I went and I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. So I literally just took the shorts and underwear, wrapped them in like 20 paper towels, threw them in the thing, and then I wrapped the trash bag up and took it out. And I think I threw that thing like an Olympic javelin thrower into the trash can. I reared back. I said, my God. So you naked Did you have a- no this is the good thing because i had pants i was, I was walking out just i was just out. i was crop dusting everybody all the way out no i fortunately had the pants on so that's why the shorts saved me i had pants that were on over it and the shorts that day saved my pants from getting obliterated oh my from my God. own shitting myself but i went and threw it and that whole day i walked around with no underwear nothing on just stink ass and i was Every time I was, and I swear to God, that moment changed, that moment changed my life because for the rest of the time, every time I have like a little fart that I got to let out, I'm like, there's a chance. The defining moment. <laughs> the defining moments. I'm like, there's a chance that this, I could be wrong about this one. <laughs> this could go south really fast. And this is the teachable moment that defining moments are not always pretty. Sometimes there's shit involved. Sometimes they're shitty. Little shit is about the please share you moment. Oh my. God, please Have tell I me. Have I told you? you? I don't know, but um, in the van. Oh yeah, I know in a van. <laughs> she's like, I was there. <laughs> oh, I wasn't there. Thank goodness. She's like, you were six years old. This is when I first met you. <laughs> I had to clean up your shit. No, I did Rude, not. Eh? Okay, well that was the one I was gonna tell. Okay, well then to okay. do do tell. Okay, so my mom. It was like orange season, and it was orange and grapefruit season, and my mom just kept cutting oranges and grapefruit slices. And they were so good. So I just kept eating them. And my mom was like... And you were at the pool, right? No, this was before the pool. This is like at home. Oh, this is like a, like a day or two before. And she's like... She just kept... You know, my Jewish mother, she just keeps <laughs> feeding us food. And so I was like, okay, well, they're out. They're so good. She's like, be careful. Like, you know, this. don't eat too many. I was like, why? And she's like, I don't know. But anyway, so um, we went to the hot springs pool. This is like a big giant pool in Glenwood Springs and we were swimming and I was like oh my god my stomach isn't feeling good and so we went to the locker room and like I tried but I was like embarrassed you know I think it was like eighth grade or something you know you don't poop in public at that age like yeah middle school you know, nobody poops no. you don't poop you, yeah nobody poops in middle school <laughs> yeah you don't poop you hold it until you're in high school the defining moment <laughs> pooped in sixth grade <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, my stomach was grumbling and like nothing happened. And so 
we were leaving. It was the same thing. We were, so we were in my van. So my parents were in the front seat and I was in the back seat. And my brother was next to me playing uh, Angry Birds. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I remember being so stressful and I was like sweating. I remember like we're pulling out of the parking lot and I'm like, I just got to make it home. You know, you don't poop there. And I was like sweating, my stomach's crumbling. <laughs> and then I farted, but it wasn't a fart and it just came. <laughs> you gambled and lost. You gambled. And my mother, she's in the front seat. She was like, oh, honey, that smells really bad. <laughs> Do you want me to pull off here and you can go to the bathroom in the hotel? And I was like, because nobody knew I actually shit my pants. I was like, no, mom, just drive. I'm like so angry. Bella just sitting there clenching the armrest. And I lifted up. My- just like, drive, drive. I lifted up my like my my uh, my leg to see like what it was, and my brother's playing Angry Birds, and he looks over and he goes, "Oh God, Mom, that wasn't a fart." <laughs> stressful and it just like it still kept coming like it was like (laughs) sorry for the description my brother was playing you know in those moments you're really hot and stressed and he was playing angry birds on full blast and i was like tingan turn the fucking thing off playing angry birds on full blast and you were booty blasted on full blast no my parents were screaming at me and they all had the windows rolled down and they were like so holding it i was like i I just picture you in the back seat just holding on for dear life and your parents in the front just eyes peeled back. Just, ah! <laughs> Call the police. It was like, it was bad. Oh, it was, it was wow. a, yeah, I couldn't. And that is Bella's defining moment. <laughs> well, that was a good episode. Yes. That was fun. That Thank you fun. so much. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Matthew, cool. Aaron, Von Specken. Oh, so close. Sprecken. 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 Yes, ma'am. Sprecken. Yes, ma'am. He is the owner of Matt VS Training LLC. And people can find you where is there is a website? There or? is. There is uh, mattvstraining.com or on Instagram and pretty much every other social handle at Matt Von Sprecken because there's not a lot of people that have that name. Yes, and we will put that on. But on a serious note, well, first of all, thank you for sharing the poop story. That's, that's, always, that's always funny, right? It just shows us that we're all humans, right? We all have... Sad moments, funny moments, and then the moments where we poop our pants. I mean, let's be honest. But thank you for sharing the story about, you know, growing up Mm -hmm. and getting into the gym and sharing, answering all these questions about working out, diet, and all of that. Um, I learned a lot today. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I'm also glad that I'm not the only person here that pooped their pants. Nope. (laughs) See you next time. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.